Good afternoon slash evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our final Loki video for season one. We are getting a season two. They did confirm it, so I'm very excited that we are getting a season two. And oh my lord, was that a spectacular season finale. Um, I, I, I got... I got so giddy when I saw Jonathan Majors. When I saw Jonathan... Yeah, I don't care. Spoilers. It's in the title of this video. We are doing spoilers. Jonathan Majors was in this episode. It was amazing. It was it was pretty solid to see that. Um, I, I think that one of the best things about it was how, um, for those who don't understand who he is... Um, to just see like this whole journey all the way to the end and just have a guy casually show up in an elevator. And for those who know who Kang is and all that other stuff to be like, he just casually shows up in an elevator eating an apple. It's, it's, it's such like a, this whole idea of Kang being like the next Thanos level bad. And Thanos has always been this like huge imposing force. And it's like, Oh, the next guy is this fucking guy. And you're supposed, and he's going to be like even more threatening and even worse. Um, I'm very curious to see how they're going to build from there because one of the majors is he's a great actor and he's he's so fun to watch here um, that it, it was it was it was it was great to watch him do this do this wild performance that he had and mostly behind a desk too. So yeah, yeah, um, it's very like yeah, Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that uh, comparison. I was watching a video. They basically said he's mm-hmm. he he's looking for someone to take over his spot as the protector of the multiverse. And he was testing Loki and Sylvie, and Sylvie was like having none of it. She's like, I I'm getting my revenge. I don't care what happens. Uh, and yeah, we see all the branches. Uh, she 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 kills him. Um, I I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you could say his, cause in the credits, they list him as he, um, he who remains. It's not Kang. It's not Immortus. It's he who remains. That's who Jonathan Majors is credited as. Well, I mean, it was just based off of his story alone, because obviously everything he was saying, I would say everything he said was the truth. Um, I, I lean more towards that, uh, based on just all of it. Um, but <laughs> The fact that he mentioned there are so many different vari- uh, variants of him, like yeah, he he could, he's he's all of those people, but like this is that's the the specific version of him. There he just he's called he who remains, which is also funny because he didn't act that that's the only way that he's credited because he never said his name. But it's obvious that that's not that he doesn't think of himself as that name because he even like laughed when they said when he's like wait but she still calls me that. Um, as though it's like a nickname for him instead, mm-hmm. um, which is you know it's kind of funny because at the end he's like yeah after everything it's like I'm here, I'm the one here at the top and it's like the idea like he's the one who remains after all that, so it's it's an apt uh, uh, it's an apt sort of nickname. Yeah, Miss Minutes. Uh... Um, question though, you I've I've never heard of Immortus until people start talking about him online today. Um, could there be any sort of uh, distinguishment uh, kind of just brought up here? Uh, what is is there a difference between Immortus and Kang? And if there's also a version of He Who Remains, uh, what here is just specific to the television show and what Disney is doing versus what's actually been in the comics? 
Um, well, he who remains, like, all three of them are completely different characters in the comics. Um, <laughs> even though, like, Amortis is king in a way. They're two different versions of King Life. But he who remains has not been related to them. And in the comics, he's basically the one who is the last agent of the TVA, but he also creates the timekeepers who creates the TVA. So this is like a riff on that. Um, so this version of He Who Remains is pretty accurate to the comics, except for the fact that it is a variant of King. Um, this, the, the, the King that we see in this episode, He Who Remains, is basically uh, an amalgamation of He Who Remains from the comics and Immortus and also King Prime. Uh, because his outfit's very reminiscent of the Immortus from the comics, who's essentially the last king, the king that wins. Uh, king sets up a council of kings, a king dynasty, to basically cull out different versions of himself, uh, finding the one who will eventually become Immortus, who basically wins. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, this is that version of it, because he is able to defeat the other versions of himself. So, wait, wait, just, just to backtrack here, because... Yeah. As as you're saying this here, I realize I actually know literally nothing about King of the Conqueror, other than what you just described to me was was like a heavy plot point in like previous seasons of Rick and Morty. Um, is <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah, guessing Rick and Morty might just be like riffing hard off of King the Conqueror in a way. Then, with that surprisingly, sort of yes, surprisingly, <laughs> yes, a lot of people said that. Uh, so basically the villain for Loki was Rick Sanchez and essentially it is um, <laughs> because this this version of King is essentially the one that won it's the one that won the King war the the uh, backstory he gives for himself uh, as a human is very accurate to the comics in the comics it was to Nathaniel Richards meeting for the first time because that is King's original form Nathaniel Richards mm -hmm. he's potentially both a uh, relative of Reed Richards and Dr. Doom. Uh, he has both of those lineages uh, in his line. So they basically meet and they help each other's worlds. And then they they meet more of them and they come into conflict. And each of these kings has their own unique personality. And throughout the almost century of Marvel Comics, we've been exposed to so many different variations of King that in phase four we could literally meet anyone of these versions and they could all be played by jonathan majors I'm all so leading up to like one big king at the end of it to fight which is pretty so what you're that's crazy what well, i fell off from the flash but one thing that i know that uh, uh tom cavanaugh had a lot of fun with was playing all the various different versions of harrison wells and it sounds like Jonathan Majors might just be, this is based off of speculation. Obviously, we only know of him as being Gaspar King the Conqueror, and now they're talking about variants with being uh, he who remains in this one. Mm -hmm. um, the it sounds like he may be able to get a certain uh, uh, a similar kind of like enjoyment out of playing one character, but eighty billion v different versions of him. Uh, I said it earlier to someone. It's like you know, I'm I'm really excited to see what he does with this role. And in parentheses, I'm like these roles? Question mark. <laughs> roles. Um, yeah. Plural. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's safe but, uh, to say that he yeah. will. We will not see this version of King again. The next time we see him, it will be a completely new version of the character with new mannerisms, a new uh, probably body language so mm -hmm. it's gonna, definitely gonna be interesting to see what he does with with all of the roles that marvel's gonna mm -hmm. put him in 
Yeah. Yeah, and I, at least as far as we know, it's confirmed he's going to be in Quantumania, Ant-Man and the Wasp 3. Um, and what I'm curious, especially with like the word mania in there too, just, I know that, that I don't know if quantum mania is like a term that comes from the comics or a title, but just something about that makes it feel like there could be multiple versions of him. And it feels like multiple versions of him, both of the absurdity of it and the possible danger feels like a really good placement now for showing up in an Ant-Man film, um, as a starting point. Uh, but one thing that I had mentioned before, I had said it to Buck, I said it to Kelsey, was I, I love WandaVision. Um, one thing that, as we all remember about WandaVision, was we spent week after week trying to figure out how all of the different crumbs and everything were pointing towards Mephisto. And then there just there wasn't a Mephisto at the end of it all. But it felt like all, there were so many clues. It's like, how was there not Mephisto? Um, this time, I it felt like even though I didn't know who Kang was, um, I kept seeing all these things about how like all these things were pointing towards Kang was going to be there at the end, and I'm like, well, hopefully they don't like pull the rug out from us the way they did with Wandavision, which yeah, it's a version of subverting your expectations, but also you know maybe it actually feels inevitable. So it it felt great to actually see um, a Kang at the end of the rainbow, um, essentially, but. Um, you know, overall, this is the last episode. How do we feel about the episode as a whole? Right now, we're we just immediately started talking about Jonathan Majors because he's dope as hell. So um, what about the rest of the episode? Just in general, so, what do we think about it? You know what? I'm going to interject here. This episode made me mad as an episode of television. As an episode of television, I liked the content in here, but it made me mad that this was what the season finale was. I think you could have reversed the last episode and this episode and last episode would have made a much stronger season finale with them trying to escape the void. Loki maybe ending in the TVA, but learning that and then going through because this felt like, I think I'm going to quote Dan, Dan Merle here. Maybe it's a Dan thing. This felt like a bridge. This didn't feel like a season of television. It just felt like a stopgap between the next thing. I want my seasons of television to feel like if there was never another season of Loki, it had a fine conclusion. I did not feel satisfied with how this season concluded as an episode of, as a season of television. I like, like, again, it's not saying I'm, I'm knocking the content that we got because I liked everything you said, but I would have much, I would have been way more satisfied if we concluded with Richard E. Grant stopping Eliath and helping them with Eliath than I would have if we got here. Certainly some stuff would have needed to be changed just because of what we did get as far as the order of events. But to, I felt incomplete after this. I'm like, okay, it, it's, yes, there's a cliffhanger, but there was nothing to hang on to, I felt, by the end. It's just everything is out in the void, pun intended. Now, I, I just want to, I just want to, like, latch on to that sentiment and saying, yeah, it didn't feel like a season of television, but it felt new in an exciting way. It felt like this is what the MCU was trying to do all along. They're trying to weave the movies into the shows, back into the movies. And this is what was basically the delivering of that promise to the fans, saying like, hey, we're going to drop this here. And that makes me think like the whole casting of Jonathan Majors in Quantumania was all stunt casting. It was like, oh, 
he's going to show up in Ant-Man and Quantumania, wink, wink. But at the same time, we want you to know that he's cast already. So he's could. So it's possible that he shows up in everything from now until then. Uh, and it also makes what if a huge factor now. Like what if becomes going to be so good now. It, it's it's basically saying like, hey, this is an MCU property. We just exploded the multiverse. This is a show about the multiverse. Is Watcher going to be building this team of multiversal guardians to fight King to help fight King? You know, so it, it's basically exciting for not just Loki season two, but for everything that comes after that. Because now you're hearing word that Tom Hiddleston's going to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So basically, from an MCU standpoint, this is this was a super exciting episode, and it, and it just opens up the universe so much from from this point. Monty, we're not we're not disagreeing. Sorry, Kyle, we're not disagreeing as far as what we got here. What I'm disagreeing with is that. It's a bad finale of a season. But what I was going to say, though, is we can't think of Marvel shows like TV shows because they're yeah. nothing like anything that's ever happened before. We have never had shows so directly linked into things happening in theaters and things like that. This is brand new territory. And so it's not going to feel comfortable to what we're used to because it can't because it's a whole new formula. But even with WandaVision and even with Falcon and Winter Soldier, those could have been one-offs and they still worked in and of themselves. Loki requires the movies. It does if you ha if you can't take Loki by itself anymore, and that's what makes me bet mad as a television viewer. Um, I, I see what you're saying, and I have no like I, 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 I like it. I will watch it again, but just as a construction of a television show. You shouldn't be required with any of the Marvel movies. You shouldn't be required to have to know everything to feel like you can get to the next step or just enjoy it on itself. And that's my problem with how this show, the season concluded. I mean, the problem with that so, is Kevin Feige said before, like Infinity War, like we don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like you either you're either a fan of everything or like it's it's on you if you don't get it. Like yeah. you have to keep up. The MCU is becoming bigger than they ever imagined now. I, I get I get everything Dan is saying, and you know it makes sense as well. Um, and it speaks to I love them I love the MCU, but you know yeah. the, everything has even even if it's you know superficial in some ways or deeper in others, like everything has its flaws. And one of the one of the issues with uh, the MCU is exactly that that of it's like you know you're either in or you're out. And the problem with this is. Uh, you have to wrote, you have to follow everything if you're going to be able to, you know, uh, understand everything at some point or another. Um, where these are like WandaVision and Loki are now vital pieces that you have to watch in order to probably understand some stuff that's about to happen in the next few uh, movies. But also, like. You know, we, it, it's been said for years at this point with so many movies. The movies were essentially – it's essentially one very long television series just because – like every episode is a different movie. Um, but it's more of like an anthology series where like, you know, American Horror Story in which case like every – it's an anthology, different story every time with sometimes different characters from the other ones suddenly popping up. Um, but the – it is an issue where it's like – 
we got this TV series, and then you have to go and you got to watch this movie to do it. And then, you know, in a way, it's like, yeah, and the only way that you can watch these is if you subscribe to this and then pay for that. And, yeah, it's of course, it's also like a whole business decision. Part of this, part of the reason why they do the television series this way in, and then have it be this way where you have to then go watch a movie to get the actual ending is it's, it's, it's nakedly commercial. It is, it is just out there as being like a corporate choice. Um, where storytellers are confined by what works for the shareholders. But I, it definitely, I, yeah, Nikki is right there. It definitely did lack finality. Um, the, I, I, one issue though, with the idea of it lacking finality is, um, we're going to get a season two, but then he's going to go into Dr. Strange. Wanda will be there and how is it an effect with the no way home and then how is it going to affect with um, uh, anything else uh, has to do with multiverse quantum mania and stuff like that but then we go to season two but season two is most definitely not going to be like the way most television series are in which it's going to be just an immediate follow-up to season one because you have to go and see several films probably before you get to have the story of season two so it's it i get your frustration i think the the issue comes with how the mcu is structured where it's not just a normal season of television it's an extended story for them on their streaming service that then it is a bridge it's it's a television series because it's x amount of episodes but it's also a bridge from one movie to another well my, my point more being I have no problem that there's cliffhangers. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a fantastic cliffhanger. But look at WandaVision. Wanda still mm -hmm. came to terms with some point of her grief. There was some sort of conclusion there. Falcon Winter Soldier. Sam became and was okay becoming Captain America. There was nothing like that at the end of Loki. Nothing like that. It was all cliffhanger. And that, that's, mm -hmm. that's where my issue was. Those stories had to conclude, though. Like WandaVision, they couldn't do another Westview. They couldn't do another season of that. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they couldn't do another season of who who wields the shield. You know, they needed they needed a finality to those two decisions. And I think that like if you had if you didn't watch WandaVision, you're gonna be a little confused in uh, in Multiverse of Madness when Wanda shows up as essentially like a god who can do all of these new things now. Uh, so it's but a little. There, there. Again, it's, it's not. I'm going to sound like a broken record here. It's still an episode of television. You need to yeah. feel like something was accomplished by the end, and I don't feel like anything was accomplished by the end. I think that a lot was accomplished. It just, yeah, it just accomplished, and then it left open way more other things that feel like it could have kept going as opposed yeah, to a normal just clipping. Or, what I'm um, getting is there wasn't finality, but there wasn't finality purposely because they're planning on continuing this in the movies and in season two, whereas those other two series had to come to an abrupt conclusion because they needed to end those points in these characters' lives. And I, and I think that's bad television making, but I'm going to keep repeating myself yeah. otherwise. <laughs> No, no, I and I, I get exactly what you're saying, and I think that the problem, I think the problem um, from your perspective that I don't disagree with um, either is just um, 
the structure of the MCU being movies and television shows and the television shows are a way for you to be able to spend time with certain characters more, but then they also seem to be a way to build up to other things with movies. So some of the stories, like the way that Falcon and Winter Soldier ended and WandaVision ended, they have a sense of finality because they have specific stakes there. Loki had different like emotional things that worked for this version of Loki, have him grow and we'll see this version of Loki later on and the other stuff. But the actual story itself um, is one that really didn't serve uh, an episodic television format at the end, more so than just being like, all right, we had to set stuff up for other things to come. Uh, but real quick, I, I also want to pull up here. Yeah. Matt brought something up here. And I know that Kelsey wanted to say something. Yeah, I have opinions on that observation. <laughs> okay. So I'm a bisexual woman, okay? And there is a very toxic, deep-seated discrimination against bisexuals in the LGBTQ community, especially if they do end up in a hetero relationship. And it's very, it, it does, it frustrates me that that somehow like is invalidating the fact that he is a bisexual in people's opinions, because you like both, you love both. Why is because you choose the one that's more accepted, suddenly invalidate the fact that you are a bisexual person. So like th- that kind of narrative is very, very toxic <laughs> because it invalidates somebody's whole entire gender sexual identity. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Just It doesn't invalidate the fact that he's bisexual because he ended up with a woman. It doesn't. He's still bisexual. That happens sometimes. I was married for eight years to a man. It didn't make me less bisexual. So. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There. And that was Kelsey's that. soapbox. That was my soapbox. (laughs) So, Kelsey, how did you feel when they finally kissed? Infuriated. (laughs) I didn't care about his storyline. He's taken. He doesn't know it, but he's taken. (laughs) And so I was very jealous and didn't like that. But storyline-wise, it made sense. it It was a moment. The look of betrayal, not betrayal, but like hurt in his face after it when she's like, but I'm not you and kicks him out. Like, I felt that in the feel. So, no, it was a good scene. It just, my personal bias made me unhappy. It's because you don't like to see that anyone who who romanticizes Tom Hiddleston in anything, that's not you. You don't like to see. He's mine. I get it. Um, (laughs) have, Have you watched him in The Night Manager yet? Yes. Oh, I've seen Night Manager several times. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. You've, yeah. If it was a VHS, you would have worn it out by now. I get it. Yes. Yep. I own it on Blu-ray. Like, I, I watch it a lot. <laughs> it's a good show. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. The Night Manager. It's on Prime. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, one thing that I saw that Vinny Mancuso wrote about for Collider today, he was <laughs> infuriated by this episode for one very specific reason. Mobius didn't get to ride his his jet ski. I think a lot of people were very. He wrote a whole article about today. He wrote a whole article about how Mobius didn't get to ride his jet ski. I (laughs) I want them to tease that in every episode of season two and as many seasons as they make the show. I want it teased in every season in the series finale. I just want Mobius and Loki to be on Asgard on a jet ski, just in like a lake somewhere, just in like. Wherever they end up, wherever and whenever they are, they're just jet skiing together, like high-fiving, 
Like it's the volleyball scene in Top Gun. <laughs> just on jet skis. <laughs> and that's how you end um, the series wrap. That's the series wrap. I like that. <laughs> series wrap. <laughs> Loki and Mobius ride off into the distance. The horizon on a jet ski. High five. High fiving five each other across the jet skis. Sign me up. Uh, yeah, Chris, <laughs> seriously. You're about to go host your own show on it right now. Like, think about the damn jet ski. It's incredibly important. Side um, note, I'm but, feeling this joke, but there's no reason a jet ski shouldn't be called a motorcycle. No reason. We're going to see a variant of the jet ski called the motorcycle. The motorcycle. It's not my joke. I'm putting it out there. It's not my joke, but I am really wish it was. What if Mobius's jet ski is called the motorcycle? It just has like a sticker like on it. Like a, the like boat boat. What if what if we start a letter writing campaign to make that yeah. a thing? They still have letter writing, right? Yeah. Yes. Apparently, that's all King. Uh, all the he who remains uses is paper. <laughs> he only uses paper. He uses paper and whatever that weird chemical substance thing is that he's able to control the matter of. Yeah. Um, to tell to tell stories about himself. Yeah, it's kind of um, like similar to what Ego does in Guardians too. Um, but he's not. What was that? A Titan? Is Ego a Titan? Is that what it's called? A Celestial. Um, celestial. And Kang is not a Celestial. He's just a guy who. No, he's just a human. He's a human. He's, he's just, just a man. human who somehow. Yeah. Who who is somehow much more threatening than Thanos or something? Because um, he knows everything. He's able to figure out everything. That was that was a great callback though in that conversation um, when he's like, "No, I know everything," and he just pulled out he pulled out the conversation that he was that he, he was yeah. in the middle of having with them as though like it was like when it was happening. Um, what I loved was how his demeanor shifted the moment that he stopped knowing what was going to happen, and he seemed way more uncertain. He went from this like cocky and confident, and like you don't know like what's going on in his head but he knows what's going on in your head to like he seemed way more uncertain he was much slower um it was really good really good performance like that that's really like the main standout of the episode was the performance um of jonathan majors but uh also miss minutes is a little bitch she sucks <laughs> she <laughs> i have to say when she first pops up in the citadel that was the creepiest shot ever. Like, yeah. Her smile, yeah, it was. like her wide grin, just like, hi, y'all. Hi. Oh, my God. That was creepy. Tara Strong, thank I, you. You're amazing. Yeah. One, one, of, one of my favorite memes that was made of that was um, the uh, the shot from The Office where it's uh, Dwight talking to the camera. And then I think Angela, like, comes up behind him and he just goes like, ah. And he's, but they put Miss Minutes there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I, I I gotta get a still of that face because that was like the creepiest. They made Miss Minutes as oh, creepy. Oh, it's all as over possible. Twitter. It's all over Twitter. It is everywhere. Um, I woke up this morning and people already like people had meme the hell out of the episode by the time I even woke up. Um, um one thing uh, we should touch on is Renslayer <laughs> because that was basically yeah. like the setup for season two. Also, you have her being, I guess, spared in a way by he who remains from the reset that happens at the end. Um, and she's still out there and she's besides Loki. She's the only one that remembers the old TVA 
and she has a lot of af affection for the old TVA. So I wonder if she's going to be a big presence in season two, trying to restore that, um, trying to help him, you know, bring that back. I also wonder if we're ever going to get the Mobius that we knew this season back at any point. Um, or if it's just going to be the the C-3PO after he's been rebooted version of Mobius. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be the bet. Every season of Loki, Mobius is just going to get, get his mind wiped. Yeah, start all over again. Yeah. Miss Minutes is a snitch. She's sus. And my favorite one from Nikki, she's the imposter. <laughs> she's the imposter. Um, yeah. The... How did you feel when and, and yes, it was right there at the end and uh, story you know, story aside and how it's the structure of television. Um, how how did um, how did you and Matt here saying Mobius wasn't rebooted? I mean, I didn't remember an actual reboot. I just I just figured that he somehow landed in a different timeline version of the TVA. Um, but yeah, that confused because the TVA is like outside of time controlling the timelines. So that's that's why I wasn't sure if they are rebooted or, or what. But um, how did you feel seeing that you know Mobius didn't even recognize him? That suddenly Loki was alone again. Um, I was really sad Kelsey? about it. Lo lo like all I want is for Loki to be happy, and he finally starts becoming happy, and it's all torn from him. So he's all alone and sad again, and makes me sad. Yeah. I, I really hope either their friendship like starts again, like they're just like destined to be friends because of their you know their personalities or whatever, or he remembers or goes right to you know whatever. But I need them to be friends again because I love their dynamic. They're like it's like it's like the best bromance I've seen in a very long time. So. I'm I'm sure there will be interesting story beats come season two, but we've explored this conflict episodes just episodes ago of Loki not having Mobius and now. We're doing it again, just tweaked a little bit. Um, so I'm going to wait and see. I'm not. It's, I mean, it doesn't piss me off, but it's kind of been there, done that. Yeah. Is it possible um, season two takes place between Spider-Man and Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness? No way, because, because if they're not, was, they're not even starting to make that, and all those movies are no. But in the what? Okay, just hear me. What? What if they film twelve at once, and they are going to do six and six? What if they've already filmed a season two? And maybe that's why he's in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. I think it would probably be better happen. if it led up to Quantumania. Because you have, like, the ramifications of Season 1 is going to be Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home. Whereas Doctor Strange is like, oh, great. Like, my job just got so much harder. There's a fucking multiverse now. Um, <laughs> I know. The, meme, the memes of Doctor Strange tired. so mad. Um, that I saw, yeah. Has anyone has anyone seen any of those paparazzi photos of exhausted Ben Affleck just like smoking a cigarette, holding Duncan outside his house? <laughs> I saw images of him like that, but they like Photoshop. Um, they Photoshop Doctor Strange's cape around him. Yeah. <laughs> my reaction to just to answer the first question, my reaction to the Mobius thing was like, oh, okay, this is season two. We're dealing with variants. We're dealing with alternate timelines. And then when they showed the King statue, it was like, oh, we're doing Planet of the Apes. I was like, oh, that's what we're doing. That's exactly what I thought was Planet of the We're doing the end well. of Planet of the uh, <laughs> uh, But yeah, I, I love it. This is obviously, you know, like, just, just the fact that Loki was so frightened of the threat of 
all of this multiversal war that basically he who remains promised and he's at a tva where uh another king is obviously building an army to fight other timelines so that's very like that's what it looked like to me like he was building up a fighting force the he's turning the tva into soldiers almost uh, against the other timeline so that's an interesting concept for season two and i really think it would make more sense for this to take place like right before quantumania uh because like timing wise i think that's where it fits best in the filming and everything uh and i think that the other movies are going to be dealing dealing with the fallout from this and I also feel like it's interesting because yeah. this this was probably the nicest version of King that we're gonna meet. Uh, he who remains. The other ones are gonna be a lot nastier. If they want to make this like work, he was, yeah. It, it, this one seemed more calm because he's because he's been doing this for so long. He just yeah, like, he seemed a bit crazy, I... a bit jovial, a bit apathetic, kiddish. Uh, he had this weird giggle, which I made note of. Yeah. Like, he had this like <laughs> he was teehee-heeing a lot. Yeah. Um, throughout the episode. Um, I mean, when you're like alone at the top for so long, um, but uh, if they were to try and make a Loki season two, um, they would have to, and have it be before Ant-Man. They'd have to like start working on it like ASAP. Um, only because it, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out mid-February 2023. So they'd want this to come out probably no later than fall 2022 if they wanted to make a second season i have no doubt that they um, had started working on a season two a long time ago like i have no I, doubt I, they went i have this. no doubt too i yeah. mean filming and stuff because they haven't tried to do any filming stuff at this point um but then again like you know lots of shit has kind of been in the way um mm, but yeah. one thing i do know is they definitely didn't film a season two at that point um and uh from all the interviews and stuff that i read today Jonathan Majors showed up in their final week of filming. He was only there the last couple days. Um, so uh, that was, and they were like, wow. And he blew away literally everything that we've done so far. They were, they had nothing but like incredible positive things to say about him. And I don't know, it didn't read as like actors playing false and nice for for publications it felt like they genuinely like loved working with him and seeing what he was doing and it just it makes me more excited to see what else he has up his sleeve not just for this but just like to see jonathan majors in, in general because i first saw jonathan majors in uh the last black man in san francisco and he was excellent in that he was so good in that movie and then also, I mean, I, I've seen, I saw him randomly in some other stuff like White Boy Rick, but really the next thing I saw him in was he was in Jungle Land, uh, which had uh, Jack O'Connell and um, Charlie Hunnam, and he was good in that too. And then he was in To Five Bloods uh, at Delroy Lindo's Stun, and he was excellent in that movie as well. And it's, he's, he just got uh, a an Oscar, or not Oscar, an Emmy nomination for uh lovecraft country which just got canceled but uh now it got all those emmy nominations right after its cancellation so all the people are like eh, eh, see what happens when you cancel good stuff but uh he's also going to be what it looks like it looks like he's going to be the guy that creed has to fight in creed 3 as well he's got big stuff ahead and he's he's great um and every time i talk about jonathan majors here all i do is end up just talking about how good he is just in general <laughs> Um, he's he's like one of the newer actors that I'm like the most psyched to see. 
and stuff. The one thing that the MCU does that I have the most confidence in has always been casting. There mm-hmm. have been, rarely ever been casting decisions that they make outside of Cal Danvers <clears throat> that I haven't liked uh, on seen on screen. Uh, they all really end up doing very interesting things with the characters that they portray. Uh, and Jonathan Majors was no exception in that. And I'm sure he bought, brought this burst of refreshing energy to the set because here's this guy who knows he's going to be playing different versions of this character, getting to experiment, um, basically just like getting to play with all these new toys in the sandbox, with all these people who have been in the sandbox for uh, months at that point. So, yeah, I have no doubt that he was a, he was a joy to be around. years at that point. Yeah. 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 Um, time for Tom Wilson. One, one other thing, though, with that is uh... – when you say the Karen Danner's cough thing, I mean, like, you know, that, a lot of that had to do with some of the writing and directing there. Um, because she, she's normally a great, uh, she's a great actress otherwise, um, in most things. Um, <laughs> Pat's a hate. Oh, I definitely hate Cal Danvers. I don't hate Brie. I hate Cal Danvers. I think in the MCU, they ruined her by making her a Superman. Um, they yeah. ruined her. Yeah. Um, but, uh, they one other thing that the MCU has done, like they're great with casting. They're also great at putting great actors into small roles and wasting them too. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. tell me one thing that Walton Goggins did in Ant Man and the Wasp that's worthy of remembering that it was Walton Goggins that casted that role. Right, man. When they blow out the tires to his Escalade, that was hilarious. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne too. In yeah, the, these characters, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of these characters again. Like, they said this, like, Paul Bettany as Jarvis. Who would have thought that he would come in as you Jarvis? You say that, but it's been 11 years since we've seen Sam Rockwell. <laughs> hey, but Sam Rockwell, there's rumblings that he may return in Armor Wars. So, like, there, there's they a good chance. They were saying he was going to return five years ago. <laughs> there, He did show up in All Hail the King, the, the short. So there is a possibility for all of these characters to return. That's what's so exciting about the MCU. Like, the MCU is exciting because it's like a comic book. You open up one, like, who who would have thought we would see the Abomination again? And now we're seeing him in Shang-Chi and She-Hulk? That's such a weird way to find out that Abomination is in that movie. Just, oh, yeah, let's just throw out the, tra- the big trailer of Shang-Chi and everyone. For me, and I thought that was like, awesome because it's like, this is what they're choosing to show us. So what are they not going to show us? What are they not showing us? So that's, like, Seven exciting. and a half weeks, by the way, till we yeah. get the next Marvel movie. Seven and a half um, weeks, and that's going to be uh, um, whatever the hell it's called. Um, oh shit, I'm blanking out. Yeah, Shang Chi. Um, I mean, I'm I'm excited for Shang Chi. I'm nervous only because of you know Disney made such a big deal about similar stuff when it came to martial arts and fighting with Mulan, and then Mulan's editing and the way that the choreography was was like pretty fucked. So um, that's my nervous thing is, is how they're going to have that film, um, how it'll look when it's released, at least. Um, but, you know, I'm still excited for it. Um, I'm excited to see Tony Lung in a huge America or like 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 English language blockbuster because Tony Lung's awesome. Uh, I'm curious to see how Aquafina fares in in the MCU. Um, I'm wondering <laughs> how much energy, how much Raya in the last dragon energy she's going to bring to it. I mean, I think wow. she's a good actress. I love, I love the farewell, and I thought she was great in mm-hmm. it. I mean, so it's not that she does one thing. 
So I think she might, you'll get, definitely get Aquafina notes, but I don't think it's going to be distracting. Yeah. I mean, it, it, listen, Kat Dennings was almost unwatchable in, in Thor. Uh, but then I like, That's she true. was one of my favorite parts of WandaVision, yeah. you know? So it, you can't write anything off at this point because you never know. Like, yeah. like I love the. Brie Larson is Carol Danvers. Um, I, I would much prefer to watch. Thanks, Monica. Monica. I'm glad you agree with me. I know. Uh, I'd much, I'd much rather Carol watch Danvers Monica Rambo as Captain Marvel. I think she should take over the mantle. Monica Rambo is great. Well, uh, now we're gonna see the Marvels as opposed to Captain Marvel. I, and I wonder why they did that. And I wonder why they did that. Hey, Nia DaCosta, she's great. She made this film that came out uh, two years ago called Little Woods. That's that's a really really good. Um, like small budget crime film with Tessa Thompson and uh, I think it's uh, Lily James um, and it's really good and now Nia DaCosta also has made like this super hyped up uh, Candyman reboot legacy sequel um, it looks and it looks really solid for a horror film um, and hopefully uh, that also ends up being really good too um, but uh, I, I think that it's going to be interesting to see because now we're not going to have um, the same sort of people necessarily working on it that we're working on it, um, that we're working on Captain Marvel, where we had these people that had like almost like mumblecore type uh, indie filmmakers that were trying to like do their put, put their hand into like big budget filmmaking. Um, I don't need the guys from Mississippi Grind to make a Marvel movie. Go back to making that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, back to Loki. Um, I, 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 I have one question here. So now that we got the birth, basically, of the multiverse, are we going to get a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer soon? Or is it going to be with uh, Shang-Chi, you think, in seven weeks? Man, they've had this trailer done for fucking months now. And they're just <laughs> not releasing it. Because they couldn't, because it would have spoiled Loki. I think it would have spoiled Loki. It's not going to. This first trailer, everyone's hyped up for this first trailer. I guarantee you, this first trailer is not going to show shit. It's just going to show like him and Zendaya and Ned, just like, oh man, Pete. Everyone knows you're Spider Man. It's going to show Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland all in that meme of them just pointing at each other. That's the trailer. They may tease the villains, like the multiversal villains now. Like, we may get a shot of Electro, Dr. Octopus, but we will not see the other two Spider-Men. No way. I... I think it's two weeks. I'm saying I think two weeks. It... So, what's interesting is a couple things. One, I couldn't give a shit about marketing. Like, when I watch the trailers, I love watching trailers and stuff. When it comes to anticipating when marketing begins, I couldn't really care about that as much because the product is not the marketing. Just look at Suicide Squad. Um, but when... <laughs> Kelsey, I forgot you were here when I said I that. I watched it yesterday. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. And the... the um... A lot of things were supposed to come out a lot of months recently, Pardis. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I just, Dan, I just saw what you said in the private <laughs> chat, and you just totally threw me off. Yorgos <laughs> Anthem's MCU, oh yeah, from the lobster killing of a sacred deer, the favorite, and um, I don't fucking know. Um, finally, we get a Hulk. 
solo film again. Like, <laughs> yes, a Yargos Lothmost film. Yeah. I'm just going to piggyback um, on Jeff's sentiment here. Like, <laughs> They don't need to advertise No Way Home. Like, yeah. they, they have an endgame situation on their hand. They have a movie that has is literally hyping itself up. To the point where, like, you have toys coming out already. Like, toys are being yeah. released for this movie, and we have no trailer. So they're gonna wait as long as humanly possible to give us that first trailer, just to, just because they know people are gonna see it, and they're gonna see it in. What the I'm masses. curious about, though, what I'm most curious about is, from Endgame and Far From Home, uh, Sony, because Sony owns the rights. They're just doing a creative control share from the film itself, uh, but. Sony couldn't give a shit what Disney had to say when it came to marketing Far From Home because, like, Spider-Man was not back until the very end of Endgame. And they're like, doesn't fuck matter. We're going to just advertise what happens next anyway. Um, and, and, and like, you know, there was a bit of, like, it felt so strange to do that. Like, you're doing that knowing that the other story hasn't completed that can even lead into yours. And they made their movie come out two months after two like like two months after um, Endgame did, even and that meant that they had to have the marketing at that point. And it's because Sony is just like Sony's this maverick company that occasionally they have hits when they're connected to Marvel. Um, <laughs> and the it's curious. I'm, I'm surprised that they have held off this long from showing the actual marketing considering how they just fucked themselves they fucked like yeah they made a ton of money on far from home but at the same time it's like they that was so dumb of them to do that and just kind of like ruin uh uh like how sort of a bit end game by telling like okay it'll be fine like the the way that people were able to excuse it was oh maybe it takes place in between the movies or something like we all know what happened Tom Holland went to them teary-eyed and said, please don't release the trailer till after Loki came. That is the only way Loki will actually do it. No, I think... He didn't want to do anything that... You mean that's how he got a third movie out of it or whatever? Was by <laughs> calling calling them far... drunk one night? I think Far From Home was more of a spite situation. Like, oh, you have the fucking biggest... You have the biggest movie, like, ever coming out. Well, fu fuck you, we're gonna spoil it. Whereas this one is like... Marvel manipulated them into get, giving the movie that they wanted because with or without Marvel, they always wanted to do three Spider-Man in one movie. Like they were basically forcing uh, Tom into that situation. So Marvel was like, "Oh, we're gonna do that." And so now it's more like, "Yeah, we got a fucking big movie now, so we're gonna play it like the way that we want to play it because we're the big dogs now." So I think like them releasing trailers was a hundred percent spite, and now they're being like. Now they're just like, oh my god, when do we release the fucking trailer? I don't know. Uh, uh, just hold it. Just keep holding it. People are still talking about our movie. Just fucking hold the trailer. And someone's like got their finger on the trigger, ready to pull it at any second, but we don't know when that's going to happen. I um, like. I hope that yeah, that this is exactly what Nikki said. Prefer not to think about trailers. Just say when they drop. What I hope is that they don't say, "Guess what? The trailer is going to come out in two weeks from now." Um, I hope that they just drops one day. Yeah. They don't tell anyone ahead of time. They don't do one of those things where they drop a thirty second or like a fifteen second video that says "trailer tomorrow." I don't need a trailer for a trailer for a teaser for a trailer for the movie. <laughs> those are the worst. Whoever decides to make trailers for trailers. It's just like, no, 
We don't need the social media buzz. There's no not enough social media buzz to make us care. Just drop the trailer. That then you'll get all the views and all the clicks and all the likes. Mm-hmm. Whenever yeah. that trailer does drop, it might be the most viewed trailer of all time. People are just gonna be like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna watch this thing five fucking times." Because I just poor Partis has been waiting. Partis, you still in the chat? You've been waiting for like years. The show to come out since before there was a No Way Home. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, then again, I watched the trailer for Turning Red like five times yesterday. So what do I know? <laughs> and that's a new Pixar film. Pixar it's also like adorable, films. but it's also like adorable. So yes, two of them were reaction videos. Uh, I'm gonna say it right now, Partis, you do not need the trailer. You do not need, need the trailer. <laughs> He needs it. <laughs> he needs it. He's got a prescription. He needs more trip. <laughs> I got a fever, and the only prescription is more trailers. <laughs> more trailers. So, anyways, back to Loki. Back to Loki. Um, so, the series, the season is done. It's over. Next step is Shang Chi. It bugs the hell out of me that the next movie we get is not in any way connected to the multiverse, at least as far as we know. Um, it it, it mean, leads off at such a point where are... it's... Well, the next... Eternals oh, probably... shit, that's right, because yeah. Eternals... Probably isn't either. Which that's sucks, right. yeah, because yeah. they were all supposed to be out before this. So, yeah, yeah kinda, like big... This is where we're starting to see the effects of COVID. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's exactly what the issue was there, because we know that Falcon Winter Soldier was supposed to come out before WandaVision or Loki, mm-hmm. um, but then everything kind of went up in the air. And I wish that, like, I get it, Disney, th- this is where it comes into the same thing that I brought up earlier about, um, uh, you know, you have to answer to your shareholders. They needed to start releasing things, and that's where it kind of got fucked up a bit. But at the same time, some of these shows, luckily, you can watch them out of order without them affecting each other. Um, you can watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier immediately after Endgame, and it's fine that you watch that before you watch WandaVision. It's yeah. good that you watch WandaVision before you watch... Or you can watch Loki before you watch WandaVision, even. There's a theory, um, I know Paulina brought it up uh, when I was talking to her about it earlier, and then like uh, that's going around... At the very end, that mid-credits sequence in WandaVision, where she's sitting there um, projecting herself, and she hears the kids, um, that could have been when one of the one of the realities and timelines starts breaking. Like that's when it coincides with the end of Loki season one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had heard of anything like that. That possible theory. I saw it as a meme, actually. That that was a theory oh. that I heard. That that was that was when that. The multiverse was born like she that that branching of the multiverse caused her to hear uh thomas and billy in another uh okay um (laughs) at at, at a point where they were in a different timeline or different uh Mm -hmm. universe um and it's interesting you know the timeline things were because technically spider-man far from home happens after both wandavision and falcon and the winter soldier because it happens in summer, whereas those happen, you know, earlier in the year. Uh, so it, it all depends and, on, you know, yeah. 
I, I think uh, No Way Home is like a Christmas movie almost from what it sounds like. Not just like yeah. when they're filming, not just when they were filming, but like they were filming with like snow and everything. Yeah, so there, there was snow it's apparently. It's the holidays. And we have uh, one of the Funko shows, Snow Shovel Doctor Strange, which I'm very excited for. Uh, it's Doctor oh, Strange about that, yeah. <laughs> like a North Face jacket <laughs> and, uh, and a snow shovel. So I'm really excited for that one. Yeah. That sounds that sounds pretty silly, um, but uh, overall, I think for the series, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it lagged in a couple places. I, um, but you know, I I think overall, I might like it more than the other two. Uh, but I do agree that it feels like there could have been some sense of at least character finality for like wrapping it up as a season of television. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to, to, I think that overall I enjoyed this one the most. I think it's like for me right now, it's, it's Loki, WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, um, which by the way, Falcon, Winter Soldier, um, I, I know, and I've said it before, uh, Look, the Emmys and other awards groups, like, it doesn't matter. Um, award shows mean nothing. They're just, like, the people that are actually in the industry voting on themselves. So that's how places like HBO and Disney are able to get so many nominations in their own categories. But, like, out of all the possible actors, just in general, it doesn't matter if they're different categories. Just objectively, when you look at it and you're like, how the fuck? How did Don Cheadle... Get an Emmy nomination for walking on screen for 90 seconds, and just being Don Cheadle. He didn't. He, he didn't do fucking anything. I want um, him to win now. <laughs> yes, but Please then fucking Carl Lumley, just yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, dumb. it's it's dumb, 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 dumb. It's dumb, dumb, dumb. Uh, yeah, if we're gonna, if I, I personally liked all three series for what they were. I liked WandaVision for what it was. I loved Falcon as a huge Captain America fan. I loved Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. um, and its themes of legacy. I and, love uh, yeah. I, and I love Loki. You know, Lo- as just like the fact that we're getting like the like it's we're at an ice cream parlor, and these are three different, very unique flavors of ice cream, mm-hmm. and the fact that we get to try them all like is super exciting, and it just makes me more exciting and more reinvigorated in the MCU going forward. That this is what we're getting now, so I love it. Um, did you see? Did you see Don tweet Don, uh, Don yep. Cheadle's tweet? I, I really get it. Like I don't know. I don't, I don't get it either. But um, suck at haters and stuff like that. <laughs> like I'm um, fucking Don Cheadle. Yeah, but uh, I think one thing that I noticed was, and it's funny because on in, on the one hand, um, you absolutely feel at the end of. Uh, at the end of WandaVision, you could kind of feel things that kind of mixed up because of COVID in, in the filming and things that had to be changed up, such as Doctor Strange was supposed to show up and he didn't, blah, blah, blah. Um, you absolutely could feel uh, the clunkiness in the storytelling because they, they had to excise an entire central plot element uh, from Falcon and Winter Soldier. And on a storytelling level, it caused it to be uh, much messier. And that's one reason why it's knocked down. It doesn't really matter like what the themes are and whatnot. On a storytelling level, it didn't work nearly as well um, with its main subplots. Loki here, somehow the final episode 
um, with so much of it being with just the two of them and Kang, it works so well with what they've been building up to, and yet also, at the same time, it's like, oh, this feels like a perfect way to end, like to film in a in a COVID environment. Just put three people in a room, have them seated pretty far away from each other, and just let them talk. <laughs> It felt like it was tailor-made to just still survive through COVID. <laughs> um, but yeah, that uh, overall, that was it for me. Loki, One Division, Falcon, Winter Soldier, um, and yes, I did like all of them more than Black Widow, uh, as as Paul put in the chat here, and then I, the multiverse I, agreed. I've liked Black Widow more than Falcon and Winter Soldier. But also that movie was not made for me because Captain America and everything to do with Captain America is like my least favorite part of the MCU. So I understand it also wasn't made for me. <laughs> Looks like a lot of people agree with Paul. This feels weird. Yeah, yeah it feels weird. We need to stop this. With Paul. Paul is pandering. He knows everyone thinks Black Widow is just fine. Black Widow is just like generic vanilla ice cream. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, it didn't even have like the vanilla bean. It's just like vanilla. It was just like um, yeah. It was it was froyo. Yeah. Oh, froyo as well. No toppings. Yeah. I also agree with Pale. Um, I'm gonna leave this up yeah. for a bit. Um, <laughs> only because he corrected himself. Uh, <laughs> I agree with Pale. Um, speaking of Pale, um, I'm excited to hear about what's gonna happen with the General Bunker next. But that's another story. General Buck last next. Um, and, um, if anyone knows uh, Zach McDonald, he has the General Bucket. He's been holding it hostage for months. Please, everyone, shame him. <laughs> Go and shame him. <laughs> Go Absolutely. Shame. Go shame him. Shame, shame. Um, <laughs> hi, pale. Is that going to be the new thing? We say hi, pale, and I ball. Maybe so. Uh, it's happening. Yep. All right. Anyways, so I is there any any last thought that anyone has here? Just because I, mean, I feel like half this conversation was about Jonathan Majors, half of it was about everything that wasn't in Loki. Uh, Dan, um, so you point at the camera. So hear me out. A Yargos Lanthimos Fantastic Four film, starring Lakeith Stanfield as Ree Richards, Leah Sadu as Sue Storm, John C. Riley as the Thing, and Barry uh, Koenig as the Human Torch. Uh, I want this now. And that's really what I've been thinking about the last 10 minutes if you've all been talking. Did <laughs> <laughs> you say Barry Koenig Kevin Barry Kevin from Kevin Killing of the Sacred Deer? Yes. Barry Kemp from, from... Yeah, and Dunkirk. That'd be great, but he is already internal. Oh, shit. We'll find someone else. Everybody <laughs> at Kevin Feige. Joe for Elwin. Joe Elwin. Ben Wishaw. Ben Wishaw. Ben Wishaw. Um, no, no, no. Who should be Doctor Doom in that case? Um, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. I was going to say Colin Farrell should be Doctor Doom. John also, C. Riley. He's been in. He's been in two. And Doctor Doom. But I want John. I want John C. Colin Riley. Farrell to play Doctor Doom like he played his character from The Lobster. And also, John C. Riley was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. But. It doesn't matter because you can have him be in the thing. New I want time, him to be the thing, but I want him to play the thing exactly like how he played his character in The Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> no! Ed Harris will never be in the MCU. 
It's going to happen eventually, guys. It's going to happen. It's just it, down the it line. It's eventually going to be there. So <laughs> I'm glad I keep bringing the conversation with the Yorgos Lantamides. I want the, if the, if John C. Riley is going to be the thing, I want the thing to have John C. Riley hair. <laughs> just, I want this thing to have hair. Um, no, no, no. I want it to be the thing, but I want the rocks to be formed in the shape of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I want the rocks to be Will Ferrell to be played by Will Ferrell. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, my my final thoughts on you. I don't feel like we talked about Tom enough. It's his freaking show. Um. Anyways, uh, I loved this series. I think you can you can see how much love and attention the the team, including Tom, put into this. And I have to say that everyone was kind of saying like, oh, well, Loki just ended up right back where he was after Ragnarok and Infinity War. I don't feel like we have the same Loki. We definitely have, you know, more, but it's, it's a new Loki. It's not crazy power hungry Loki. It's not the Ragnarok Loki. It's a new one. And I like where he's at. And I'm interested to see what kind of choices he makes now that he's the person he's turned into. So I think the show is very successful in setting up our new Loki and other things are coming in the MCU and... I, it, it's I, I think I ranked Loki on my MCU list at like number four on my top MCU things because I liked it that much. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I I uh, I absolutely agree about how we we can feel that this is not the same Loki. I mean, uh, the, it's it's a testament to how good they were able to make. They were able to. Uh, that how good they were at um, knocking him down a peg just in the first episode. They were able to make him go from glow purpose to I'm I'm a weak little nothing, and and then they had to build him back up, and that's what I think a lot of the season the series was, was him kind of coming into his own as like a separate thing from the kind of Loki they always thought he would be. Um, and really liked that. Um, I do think that plot and other characters pulled away from it being a just Loki, the the Loki that we followed, um, like his own solo series. But you know, and I I love Mobius. I, I loved Owen Wilson, and it, he he worked so well in this mold. And it, he was able. I hope before the series is over, or in one of the next times we get to see him, that he actually says the word that everyone wanted him to say, which is, wow. But I think he did say now or how at one point. How? And everyone how? was like, he said it. He said, he said, wow. And everyone's like, no, he didn't. Kate Heron even tweeted out. Um, they didn't. So Kate Heron tweeted out something pretty funny today, too. Um, before we end this here. She's like before, I think it was like in the morning or right beforehand. Um she's responded to everyone's fucking tweet about Loki today so I need to throw and find it um while you do that very, I will, very good I will say Hot that time. jumping on Kelsey's opinion I think Tom Hiddleston I have to applaud him because he's brought so much love to this character I'm excited whenever Loki is involved in anything because I know we're gonna get something good no matter what he chooses to do or what version of the character he's playing um I know that he's so protective of the character and his place in the MCU that it's going to be something fan absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So I will say that, yes, Tom Hiddleston, 
deserves applause for for bringing uh, a lot of love into this series and a lot of love to the character. And thank you for muting Paul with that comment. I had that to. I had to. Last that week. Was a, that and was I a, did it. Because I saw your face, because you're like, what? what? How dare you? <laughs> okay, yeah, no, no. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday morning, she tweeted out, guys, let's not mess around. We all know it's Mickey in the castle. <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. Oh, man. And then, and it's funny because, like, when I click on it, the first thing that I see is uh, Leo Drew saying, Oh, you know, I was straight up gloating for like 30 seconds. And then it quote tweets her own tweet saying, Calling my shot now is Miss Minutes all along. So um, she's not the only person who's like really excited that it was Miss Minutes. But uh, yeah, um, Buck, did you say your, your final like thoughts on the season? You wanna- uh, I. The, I mean, this is was my favorite. This is probably top five my favorite MCU uh, content that they've done. Um, I, I'm a big fan of like, time, uh, multiple timelines, time travel, multiverse stuff. So, when they started to explore that in this, I got really excited. So yeah, this is definitely that's why I'm so excited for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I just I think there's gonna be some crazy stuff we're gonna see. Um, I'm very excited. I just wish stupid COVID didn't uh, delay it. Yeah. Right. So, um, other than that, um, I think that's Did really you block it. I mean, yourself? anyone? I, I accidentally put a comment in there that I meant to send to something else at that exact moment, so I decided to just delete it completely. Um, don't worry about it. So, yeah. <laughs> Time to yeah, with that, um, I don't know. Is is there anything else anyone else has to say here before we, we go? Since this was this one, we didn't really go through the whole storyline. We kind of definitely went all over the place uh, with this conversation. <laughs> yeah. But also, it was it was pretty fun. Um, this conversation lasted longer than the episode did. So. Yeah, Monty. Where can um, everyone find you and everything you're doing online? You can find me at the Montyverse on YouTube. You can also find me at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Montyverse. Dan, where can we find you? You can find me as uh, a guest on the Montyverse. Um, I should be if Don Cheadle can get nominated as a guest. I should be uh, get all the accol- accolades for being a guest on the Montyverse. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at dhouse. 77 and you can find me on uh, google docs writing your your ghost lots most fantastic four fan fiction <laughs> kelsey where can everyone find you all right you can find me at kelsey kins 90 on twitter and instagram you can find me on called action podcast uh, about every other week talking about schmodown at uh seven pacific time you'll be able to hear me talk about loki again with cine fanatics and then jesse swift tomorrow on his channel i'll be talking about loki and then i'll be done with my loki press tour 2021 uh, so yeah, excited to hopefully get to talk about other comic book related things in the future. Not not just Loki, even though it's my favorite thing to talk about. So. <laughs> Jeff, yeah. you could find me seeing Mike uh, comment in our streams and showing mercy and not timing him out in the chat. Um, 
at least this time around. Um, no, you can find me here doing stuff. We have our shows on Tuesdays, um, which one of these days we'll get back to the panels. Hopefully it'll be soon. We'll see. Uh, but other than that, um, we got these are done now. Uh, I've been working on and off on the Airbus Cinematic Universe with AJ Lancaster of the What the Show podcast. One of these days, eventually, we will start to put them out. Um, but, you know, we, we've been pre recording them on and off. We've only done four so far because our schedules keep getting messed up on the days that we want to film or uh, not film, but record them. So, but like I said, it's still the weirdest thing that I've been a part of. Uh, and hopefully we get to do another thing soon. I do believe that maybe soon in the next few weeks, I'd like to try and bring back the family show 2.0. Um, we will, we'll, we'll work on what that may mean. Um, soon but yeah uh, other than that um that's really it you can find me at my twitter account which is right here jeff 106 follow me um and you know that's that's it nothing else buck where find can people find you twitter and instagram at brandon buck 88 uh you can find us here in about a month we'll be doing these discussions on what if uh jeff and i decided yes, yes. we're gonna do these on uh, what if so i'm very excited for that um I think they said it's 10 episodes. Is that what it was? Something like that. Also, yes, there may be a Jeff related announcement on what the show tonight. Oh, um, that's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like, comment and subscribe. Make sure to follow the multiverse. The, the subscribe. To... We're at 188. We got 12 left to go to until we hit 200. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also <laughs> definitely subscribe to the multiverse. They, um, he's been doing great stuff over there, and he's going to continue to do great stuff. So make sure you subscribe. Link to there. his channel is in the description of the video. So make sure to check it out. Uh, thanks sure. for tuning in, guys. No excuse. You. Yeah.